Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez streaming with you this Wednesday night in which I am not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit bummed out. I am a little bit sad. If you are a Dodgers fan, maybe you know why. I want to make it clear I am not a Dodgers fan. However, my man Julio Urias is getting killed out there on the mound tonight. So I am a little bit bummed out. But we will have a great show tonight, all kidding aside, on Dallas, on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you for joining the show. Make sure you smash that like button as you enter the room. And of course, share the show. If you are watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, please let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. What is up, Loopy? What is up, Raymond, as well, over on YouTube, Dallas Junk, saying hopefully you all are enjoying the bye week. And I like the bye week. Uh, up to some point, Cowboys fans and Cowboys followers deserve a rest as well. However, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit uh, like after that big win versus the Patriots, like we need more, right? We want more Cowboys football. We will have to wait until next weekend. But hear me out. This will be a good game versus the Vikings. And we'll actually talk about why I, am, why I was a little bit surprised about the Cowboys being small favorites versus the Vikings. Two and a half point is the spread in, in the betting markets. But after, upon further review, I understood a little bit better why that is the case. We'll get into that on tonight's show. So now that more of us are here, let's get ready to start the show officially and let's go. Make sure you hit that like button. Hello, everyone, and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on ADC Sports Dallas, Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network, with a lot more content coming your way throughout the entire 2021 Cowboys season. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Listen, there are some great articles up there. Cole Patterson had one today on why the Dallas Cowboys need to be considered a legit title contender. Now, I will be, give you a little bit of a warning. This one is a longer read, but I strongly recommend you read it, not only because Cole Patterson is a great writer for the site, but also because I think he does a great job laying out his thoughts on why we should start thinking about the Cowboys as legit title contenders. Great read from Cole. I recommend you go read it after the show is over. Really good stuff from Cole Patterson. So as you know, we're here every day at 8 p.m. Central, and I think we will have a good show tonight. We will talk a little bit about the Minnesota Vikings. Usually on Tuesday nights, we have an early look to next week's opponents, but it is the bye week, and I know it might be way too early, but the Vikings are also on a bye week. And I think that this way too early look will serve Cowboys fans get in the right mindset for next week's game because the Patriots matchup consumed fans. But hey, the intensity might be turned way higher next weekend. The Cowboys are actually less favorites than they were versus the Patriots. 
Now, these are early betting spreads since we are still more than a week away from the game, but it still is very interesting in my opinion. Now, what is up to the YouTube chat, the Facebook chat as well? Roy Fletcher, a Braves fan, enjoying the Dodgers beat down. And I, I hate it, Roy. Please help me. As I said, I'm not, oh my God, did they had another run already? Oh yeah, I, I missed the third home run. So yeah, Julio Urias getting killed out there, my man. Ah, you gotta you gotta uh, hate that if you are a Dodgers fan or you are rooting for Julio Urias. Uh, D Town says, "What is up, Raymond? What is up, D Town? Who says who do we need to lose this week? It's a weird slate of NFL games. I don't know if you if you guys have reviewed it, but there is no no game that you go, hey, I cannot miss this matchup." But listen, the Cowboys need the top contenders in the NFC to lose. The Cowboys are pulling away from the rest of the NFC East. So it is time Cowboys fans start thinking in terms of the number one seed in the conference. So anytime that the Tampa Bay Bucks can lose, root for that. The same goes for the Rams, for the Packers, and teams like that. However... A lot of teams are resting this weekend in the AFC, but the NFC will be turned all the way up. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will play the Bears. The Bucs are heavy favorites on this one, of course. I think, well, you know, those teams. But the, the problem is that the Rams are playing the Lions, the Bucs are playing the Bears, and the Packers are playing Washington. So not really a weekend in which we know who to root for. <laughs> More hooker, please, says Darth. That might happen if anything goes wrong with Demonte Cassie, but that might take a while. So we will see if Hooker gets more playing time as the season goes on. This Vikings game is another big game for us, says D-Town, and I think that is the case. Definitely is. Now, Val Valentine says, apparently every game now is a trap game. I don't see us losing anytime soon and don't believe we will start with the Vikings. I wouldn't I wouldn't call this a trap game, though, and here is why. I don't think that... All right, so trap game is a term for a game in which maybe everyone thinks you're going to win and people don't recognize as a close game. I'm not sure that this classifies as that. I think this is a legit matchup between two good passing offenses. Now, of course, the Cowboys are way beyond the, the Vikings, and they've proven that recently, especially versus the Patriots, a team that, by the way, and we'll talk about what Belichick had to say about Dak Prescott's offense, but the Patriots went heavy on the disguises this weekend. It was amazing to see Dak Prescott decipher that, put things apart, and actually execute the play calls. And even when the Patriots got him, because in some plays, they got Dak Prescott. He was able to scramble, extend the plays, find Ezekiel Elliott in some plays or some other targets. But the Patriots went heavy into this game with these guys. And Ted Guyon, for example, did a great job breaking down some uh, seams and creepers plays, which are hidden, hidden pressure schemes, and how Dak Prescott was confused by that at some moments. However, of course, Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore got the best of the Patriots' attempts to fool the Cowboys quarterback, which was very promising in terms of the Dallas Cowboys and what lies ahead of them for, for the future. If you can 
break down Bill Belichick's defense and you can, you know, attack those weaknesses, even with strong play from the secondary, for example, you, you know this team can reach, you know, this team can go the distance. When they can break down a Belichick defense that way and overcome as much adversity as they faced on Sunday, you know they can go the distance. Definitely they can. Cowboys beat the Vikings even with the bad defense last year, says Bal Valentine. What is up, Third Eye Connection, saying, wow, look at the 12-year-old with his, with his sports channel. Sub to Third Eye Connection. Missed the age by 10 years, but close enough. Close enough, but I understand why. Uh, what is up, D-Wayne? Thank you for all you do. How about them Cowboys? Nah, all the country to D-Wayne. Thank you for being here on the show. Jason asks if I am worried about Dak Prescott. I truly am not. And the reason why, and I've talked about this on the show, is that there are three sides who are agreeing on what Dak Prescott's level of concern should be, and that is the team itself and what Mike McCarthy has told us, what Jerry Jones has said on 105.3 to fan. Number two would be the reports. Reporters and with sources are all on the same page saying that the Cowboys are expecting Dak Prescott to be back versus the Vikings. And then finally, number three would be Pro Football Doc. I, I have a lot of trust on what Pro Football Doc does because he usually is right. Now, let's talk about the Cowboys and the Vikings. The Cowboys opened as two and a half point favorites versus the Vikings. They are going on the road to Minnesota on a Sunday night football matchup to face the Vikings. I wanted to make sure about it being on the road, but yeah, I was right. So, two and a half point favorites on the road, maybe not a huge number, but maybe a number that surprises us because it actually might be too low. If you asked any Cowboys fan, I think we, we would have probably guessed about minus four for the Dallas Cowboys because they are on a five win, in a five game winning streak. Dak Prescott, is tied for with Kyler Murray for top candidate in the MVP conversation, according to the betting markets. And this offense is just clicking in every possible way. So maybe a lot of people expected the Cowboys to be heavier favorites over a team that blew a, an 11-point lead with five minutes left versus the Carolina Panthers, only to salvage a win on overtime. However, let's talk about this Vikings team, and they might be a little bit better than we think. But before, before we do that, let me ask you in the chat. Let's get the chat going with this question. True or false? Is Kirk Cousins a top 10 quarterback in 2021? Now, I will start the conversation off by saying that I think that Kirk Cousins is a little bit underrated this season in the NFL. I truly believe that. Last week versus the Panthers, and Cousins' problem has always been consistency, in my opinion, but last week versus the Panthers, he went 8 for, of 13 for 86 yards and a touchdown with six total conversions on third down and fourth down. And then in fourth quarter and overtime. And we talk about Dak Prescott being one of the leaders in the NFL in fourth quarter takeovers. How about Kirk Cousins? So far, well, on that fourth down slash overtime, excuse me, he went 13 for 16 for 166 yards, including the game-winning 27-yard score on second and 13 on overtime. Listen, Cousins is playing good football. 
Now, I understand there are a lot of buried answers, mixed answers in the chat. Val Valentine says false. Oracle says false. Jason goes with true. Barry says false, but he's a capable quarterback. And that is more or less the sentiment right now on the chat. Most people will say false, but we'll agree that he is a threat on that offensive, on that football field. Excuse me. Donnie says, he, but he is capable. I think his ceiling is a top 10. Now, I agree. Listen, I will say false for that answer. I will say false. However, I think that right now he might be playing through the first six weeks of the season. He might be playing as a top 10 quarterback in the league. Even though I would not rank him in the top 10 overall, through the first six weeks of the season, he might be. Listen, this team has the eighth best passing offense according to DVOA, which measures value per play, basically. He is graded as the third best quarterback according to PFF. Now, we don't listen to PFF's grades a lot because they are very controversial, but he's also one of the top 15 quarterbacks in the league when it comes to completing uh, completion percentage over expectations, when it comes to EPA per play. Cousins is clicking with Adam Thielen, who has five touchdown catches through the first six weeks of the season. And they have a solid offensive line. The Vikings were struggling in the trenches for a while there. But for example, last week versus the Carolina Panthers, we, we know what Phil Snow is up to. We talked about it when the Cowboys played the Panthers in week three. But this, uh, no, it wasn't week three. It was, excuse me, it was week four. But we know that Phil Snow and the Panthers were getting pressure on some quarterbacks. Now, last week, that wasn't the case versus the, versus the Vikings. They are, they're, Donnie says, Vikings have always had bad offensive lines, always. This year, they are better. This year, they are better in the trenches, even though it is still a struggle, especially on the interior. They are good. On the other side of the ball as well, they have good defensive tackle depth. And this team might just be a little bit better than we think. Now, when it comes to pass defense, we know that the Cowboys faced a big-time defense this Sunday versus the Patriots, but the Vikings are ranked third in the NFL versus the pass after six weeks of action. Now, they have not faced great offenses yet, but it's still something to think about. This, this Vikings team is more real than most NFL fans believe, and they might be one of the most underrated teams in the NFL as of right now. And that is because they are way too inconsistent. We have talked about how efficient they are on offense. We have talked about Adam Thielen, about Kirk Cousins, but that one game versus the Browns, they scored only seven points. Kirk Cousins, you never know when you're going to get the bad Kirk Cousins and the bad Kirk Cousins in the other sense, in the actually bad, not in the bad man sense, you know? So this team is way too real. This team is more real, excuse me, than many people would believe. Should they be favorites over the Cowboys? Of course not. The Cowboys are still the favorites but there is a reason for that two and a half point spread. And this might be a closer game than many believe, in my opinion. Ryan says the Vikings offense is a real deal. We got to be careful. Our defensive line has got to be on point, especially in the trenches. It's exactly as Ryan said. So here is another thing 
And I have said this time and time again on the show. When I apologize for repeating myself, but I truly believe it to be the case. I think the way this Cowboys offense is operating with Dak Prescott, Kellen Moore on the same page, adjusting week after week, but also within each game, the Cowboys offense, as long as Prescott is healthy and as long as Kellen Moore is calling the plays, they can beat any defense in the NFL. And I wholeheartedly agree that, uh, uh, believe that, excuse me. And I believe that because the Cowboys have a lot of weapons. They have Dalton Schultz at tight end. They have Murray Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Cedric Wilson has stepped up. We have not seen a lot of Tony Pollard in the receiving game so far, but the Cowboys have shown us that when they need him, they will be able to use him as well. And we have not seen Dak Prescott unleashed in the run game that much yet. That might happen way deeper into the season as the Cowboys are more ready to unleash that. In my opinion, that's something that the Cowboys could unleash in the second half of the season. But yeah, I think that this Cowboys team can beat any defense. I cannot say that about the defense, though. And every time that the Cowboys face a top-tier offense, there will be reasons to be concerned, in my opinion, because Trevon Vix taking the ball away. Seven picks right now after six weeks of action. But in that game in which he doesn't, there might be trouble. Or the same goes when Randy Gregory does not get that strip sack in a key moment. Now, I'm not trying to take credit away from the Cowboys' defense at all. But this is not a polished defense. And we know that they're still allowing big plays. They're still making some big mistakes. The pressure rates could be significantly better. And when the Cowboys face a top-tier offense, they might struggle a little bit more than we expect them to. So this is a real game. This, is a, this will be a very fun game. And I cannot wait until it takes place. If they catch us on the wrong day, I don't know, says Jason. Val Valentine says, our defense has bent, but not folded. And now they have more help coming. Let's not hype the Vikings up. They are not no real deal. I think they are real offense. I really do. Connor Williams is going to be going against Dalvin Tomlinson. That is the one tough dude, says TV Mac. And I agree. And when he isn't facing Tomlinson, he will be facing other good defensive tackles. That is one of the areas in which the Vikings have improved the most when it comes to defensive tackle depth. But that is one key matchup that we'll surely talk more about next week versus the, the, the Vikings. I agree with that, definitely. Uh, Going to be a close game, just like the Patriots game, says Joshua Davis. And I agree, it might be a little bit different because the Patriots were shooting themselves on the foot constantly on offense, at least in my opinion. Mac Jones was completing passes, but they were still betting on the run game. They had the ball for 90 seconds. They had 90 seconds in the first half, and the Patriots decided to kneel and go to overtime. That is an entire offensive possession that was wasted. That will not happen versus the Vikings, for example. This is a question filled with pessimistic thinking. Come on, the Cowboys will win this one, says Val Valentine. Well, it is not pessimistic because, as I said, I expect the Cowboys to win this game. I expect the Cowboys to be heavier favorites than they are right now. There isn't anything wrong with saying, hey, this is the NFL and we should expect a competitive game versus a team that might be a little bit underrated. I don't think there's anything uh, pessimistic about that. There isn't anything wrong with that, in my opinion. 
which players asks Adam return from IR next week? So not official yet, but I think that the expectation is that Kelvin Joseph and Sean McKeon, whose practice windows were already activated last week, will be back for the Sunday night football game. And Mike McCarthy did say that Michael Gallup was the one closer to return between, well, among Demarcus Lawrence, Neville Gallimer, and Gallup. He said that Gallup was the one closer to return and that he was hopeful, that is a key word, hopeful that Michael Gallup was going to be ready for the Vikings. So that, that might be the player that returns with Kelvin Joseph and Sean McKeon. But at least I think that Joseph and McKeon make their comebacks which is very impressive to me that we have not seen Joseph yet. Someone tweeted the other day, I cannot remember who it was. I think that it was Bob Sturm from The Athletic who tweeted out something about Cowboys fans being mad about, about the Cowboys picking Joseph over Asante Samuel from the Chargers. And he was saying that, hey, listen, Samuel is doing a good job, but he's a different cornerback. And I quoted his tweet and I said, also, I would like to remind people that we have not seen Kelvin Joseph in a regular season game yet. So let's let's take it easy with Joseph and let's see what he has when the Cowboys uh, activate him. Hopefully soon enough. McCarthy is smart to keep Gallup's status close to the best, says Barry. I agree with that. Definitely, I agree with that. Hector Caballero says, is it true that Elliot said that they had to fight the pads and the zebras? He did. That was a fun clip from Ezekiel Elliott. I like this Cowboys team attitude. Did you see the sounds from the sideline clip from the Dallas Cowboys? Some people were judging the Cowboys for the way they were celebrating, but they deserved it. They went into Foxborough, faced a very tough crowd and a very adverse situation with the flags going against the Cowboys constantly, at least in the first half, and the Cowboys were able to overcome it. So if Randy Gregory wants to wave fans goodbye, if CeeDee Lamb wants to do that versus Jalen Mills after Mills, frustrated, uh, while frustrated, pushed him after the walk-off touchdown, let them do it. Let this team get an edge. Let this team believe what kind of squad they are. I love that clip from the Cowboys, and I thought that was really telling as to who this team believes it is and I hope and hopefully it will continue to be the case uh and it's a primetime game versus the Cowboys those Vikings players will be excited and motivated to play us Val Valentine says okay how about giving us some pros for this game though and that is actually kind of I mean we'll leave mo most of the previous things for next week and maybe a little bit for tomorrow night but on a more optimistic note Let's talk about what Bill Belichick had to say about the Dallas Cowboys offense and about Dak Prescott. Because if you want a coach to keep your quarterback praise, it's got to be Bill Belichick, probably. And he said, among other things, he said, just a great quarterback. Talking about Dak Prescott here. Best passing team in the league. And I'm going to remind you that these Cowboys play in the NFL which includes, includes the Kansas City Chiefs, which includes the Chargers, which includes the Tampa Bay Bucks that have Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, Michael Evans. Mike Evans, I don't know why I called him Michael there. But yeah, true or false, that is the question 
True or false? No, I, I repeated the question. I'm sorry about that. I repeated the question. This was a new one. Who is one Cowboys player who has surprised you the most on this Cowboys offense through the first six weeks of the 2021 season? Because this is what Bill Belichick had to say. And he closed his thoughts on by saying, Dak Prescott does it all. Man, if things went south, if things had gone south with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott with the contract negotiations, you know that the Patriots would have been all over Dak Prescott. Hopefully that wasn't the case, of course. But yeah, this is what Bill Belichick had to say about the Cowboys. And to think that they are now on this conversation. They are on the conversation to be the best passing team in the league. And they are up there with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Eric Vienemi. That is the company in which Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore are being put on. That has to be important for the Dallas Cowboys. I thought that was definitely cool to hear the to hear Bill Belichick talking about that. But as for the question, who is one Cowboys player who surprised you the most on the Cowboys offense? I will say that to me, it's got to be Dalton Schultz. I knew what Dalton Schultz did versus other teams in 2020, but I think that the way he's grown into this role, he's beaten Blake Jarwin for the starring role, and he's not only a good blocker, but he's growing constantly as a receiving threat. To me, it's got to be Dalton Schultz. And not only by his play, I mean, it's because of his play, but the way that the Cowboys have involved him as uh, as they have. Even with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb on the team, they are making Dalton Schultz a central point of this offense. And I love that. Barry Carey says, when the GOAT coach says that about Dak, you know that we have an elite quarterback. I agree with Barry. When Bill Belichick is saying that about Dak Prescott, you stop caring about the Dak Prescott haters, even within the Cowboys fan base. Uh, STXGE says, still, still and Schultz is the answer over here from D-Town. Stevie Mac goes with Cedric Wilson. You got to love what Cedric Wilson has been able to do with the Dallas Cowboys. Jason says Cassie, who has been a surprising player, but we were talking about the offense still. Shout out to Demonte Cassie. Not a, uh, but also a non-shout out because of what happened earlier this week. Wilson says Joshua Davis. Uh, Dallas Young goes with Noah Brown. Noah Brown is a good, a good answer. Here's a stat from you versus uh, for you versus the Patriots. The Cowboys had three players with explosive receptions. One of those was CeeDee Lamb, not a surprise, after number 88 finished the day with 149 yards and two touchdowns. Then with two explosive plays, you had Noah Brown, and that Steve Farm was great from number 85, who again has been able to take that label away from him that labeled him as a blocking wide receiver. He's been able to take that off, tear it apart, and get rid of it. He's a true receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. And then the other player with two explosive plays was none other than number 86, tight end Dalton Schultz. Still by a landslide, says Barry Carey. Uh, Dak has been rated number one quarterback in has been rated number one quarterback in NFL rankings, says Bal Ballantyne. Connor Williams. Oh, here's a wild card from D-Town. Connor Williams has been surprisingly 
terrible getting holding calls on crucial plays. You gotta hate what what Connor Williams has done in the penalties department. Still, most surprising. I'm looking for a different answer, but we are not getting it yet. So yeah, who else could you include in this conversation? I don't think, well, we know what Amari Cooper is all about, but people that still hate on him for the drops, he has been targeted 42 times. No, he has 42 receptions, I think is the number, and he has zero drops. That is important number. Amari Cooper has zero drops this season yet. Cedric Wilson saved the game, says Daniel, and I agree with that as well. Great throw, great catch from Cedric Wilson. Now, before we go on tonight's show, let's talk about, I'm going to switch things up. So I have Deshaun Watson up next on a topic around the NFL. But first, we will do one cool thing, and we will be doing this weekly. And this can be football-related. This can be something personal. This can be something from your job. But now we will open up the chat every week for the next question. And that is, what is your one cool thing of the week? What is your one cool thing this week? Jorge Garcia asks, how old are you, brother? I'm 22 years old. Thank you for joining ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm 22. I know I look younger than I, than I actually am. But yeah, what is one cool thing? What is your one cool thing for, for the week? And I will share with you mine. This is pretty awesome. The NFL is holding an international combine. They already did this in London, but now they're going to do it in Mexico. Now, they're going to do it in Monterrey. And for those of you who don't know uh, about this, Isaac Alarcón, who was a big Cowboys player this preseason on Hard Knocks, he's still on the Cowboys practice squad. He's from Monterrey, and he's actually from the team that is called Borregos de Monterrey. Uh, Borregos as in, I think that, well, the translation would be Rams, kind of, not exactly, but kind of. And it is the equivalent, his team is equivalent of the Alabama Crimson Tide, right? So this is where the NFL is headed to find more international talent. It will be this Saturday, the 23rd of October. I think it is cool for the Cowboys and for the NFL, excuse me, for the entire NFL. I'm typing the question here in the chat. What's your one cool thing of the week? So yeah, it is awesome. There are going to be a lot of there are going to be a lot of Mexico players in this international combine, and scouts are there. The way that the international player pathway program has worked, in case you have not followed it closely, is these players go into a combine, they do the 40-yard dash, they do the cone shuttle, they do all of these drills. And then they filter out some players. Then four are finally selected. And they are assigned to a random division in the NFL. So the year that the Cowboys got Isaac Alarcón, Washington got an international player as well. The same for the Giants and the same for the Eagles. And that is the way that things have worked so far. I think that is the, my one cool thing of the week, definitely. I think it is very cool. Now, uh, Cowboys 6-1, and one, says Lasai Williams. That is the one cool thing, even though it is looking a little bit ahead. It is looking at city and the NBA is back. Go Mavericks is D-Town. Yeah, the NBA is back. Uh, how about Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia 76ers? You got to hate that situation. But Luka Doncic is back on our TVs and we got to love that. 
And remember, here at adcsports.com slash Dallas, we do not only have Cowboys content, but also Mavericks content. And from a couple of writers who are great at their jobs. Ian, who has been there in the Mavericks press box already, and Alex Catch, who recently joined the team to write about the Cowboys and the Mavericks. Special teams finally made an impact, says Roy Luke Gifford, making that block an uh, important thing. Uh, when is your brother going to pay you the bet, asks Hector. So my brother is a Patriots fan. We are going to upload that video on Friday. He's going to be wearing a Cowboys jersey, and he's going to be making statements that our followers suggest. So, for example, one of those statements is, without Tom Brady, Bill Belichick is Jason Garrett with a hoodie. That is one example of what. So that is another cool thing. My brother is going to be uh, is going to be doing that. Like it's his primetime field, I guess. That is about the one cool thing. One cool thing for me is my Cowboys haters are surprisingly mute after a 5-1 start. Says Barry, sleeping well knowing my Cowboys are 5-1. Says Val Valentine. Ryan says, speaking of Mexico, I went to Cancun on spring, on spring break about 22 years ago. <laughs> That is awesome. You got to love Cancun, of course. Uh, beating Belichick in his house with his refs was cool enough for me. LOL, says Brandon. I agree with that. Watching horror movies all week. Now, I look young and I am 22 years old. So this will make me sound even younger and even less mature. But I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. And every Halloween and every Christmas, I watch it with actually with my family. <laughs> so everyone's saying that they're sleeping like a baby or that they're having a great week because of the Cowboys win. So that was one cool thing of the week. We're going to be doing this. I think Wednesday is the right day for it. So this will be a weekly segment here on the show. Primetime Phil says, I started two new jobs this week. That's my cool thing. Hey, that is amazing. That is not a touchdown, but it feels touchdown. like a touchdown. So shout out to Primetime Phil. That is awesome, man. Congratulations. That, that's, this is going to be a cool segment, I believe. This is going to be a cool segment. Well, now, finally, before I leave you, there are some rumors out there on Deshaun Watson potentially being traded this week. There was a, a report out there from the Houston Chronicle saying that he was expected to be traded to the Miami Dolphins. If so, do you expect the Dolphins to contend with Watson? Yes or no? Now, the Athletic came out with a report saying, hey, nothing is imminent. There have been conversations Interesting that The Athletic pointed out that Tua Tagovailoa's name has not been involved in those trade conversations. So if, if Deshaun Watson ends up in Miami, it, 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 it would be a trade that does not necessarily involve Tua, which I think is very interesting. <laughs> that would be amazing, as TV Mac is saying. Imagine Tua being with Fitzpatrick again. That would be just... That would be hilarious, and that would suck for Tua. Uh, I love seeing Steven. Steven is Greenwich, Dallas wins. This is Robbie. Keep up the great work. Ah, thank you, Jorge. I appreciate you. We are here every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. I heard some reports that it would be a three-team trade and Tua would go to Washington football team. A lot of possibilities are out there. The initial report that got things going was the the Houston Chronicle reporting that he was headed to the Dolphins. And then the, the triple trade thing also came up. 
Benjamin Albright, who is usually right on his reports involving the Broncos, reported that Denver would be in the mix maybe for Tua, that there were some rumors going around uh, relating the Broncos to the Miami Dolphins quarterback, another interesting possibility. So we'll see what happens. And then you have the question on when he is traded, if he is traded at all, will the NFL take any kind of measures to maybe suspend Deshaun Watson? Because he is still dealing with 22 civil lawsuits. And it is interesting to me that he is not on the exempt list from the commissioner. Maybe when he is traded, or maybe that's what keeping teams from trading for him, when Deshaun Watson gets the opportunity to play, you don't know what the NFL will actually do. Is now a good time to trade for Zeke in my fantasy league, asks Ryan. Depending on the cost, of course, but I think that Ezekiel Elliott is still a good player for fantasy football. So yeah, if Watson is able to take the field, which I doubt any time before 2023, then it's a good move, says Barry. And I would assume that he means in the same way that I mean, like we don't know what the NFL will do if Watson gets a path towards the football field. We don't know yet because so far they might be holding back because he's still not playing because of his situation with the Houston Texans. But when he is on the field, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So a team might be, able, might be willing to, hit, to pull that trigger. So anyways, we'll see what happens. Guys, hit that like button, please. If you enjoyed the show, hit that like button if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And please share the show with your friends. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know that you're watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. It was a pleasure being with you tonight. Thank you for choosing to listen to listen to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. We are here every Sunday through Thursday night. Shout out to Stephen White, who is talking up Cooper Rush. The only Cowboys fan with a Cooper Rush jersey is Stephen White, and he's always here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. Read that article from Cole Patterson on why the Dallas Cowboys need to be considered legit title contenders. Great writer, great article, great Cowboys content on adcsports.com slash Dallas. Someone, someone mentioned the NBA is back. Make sure you check out the Mavericks content that we have for you on the site. So thank you all for joining me. I will see you tomorrow night. We're Thursday night football, by the way, between the Broncos and the Browns. Case Keenum will be in for the Browns instead of Baker Mayfield. It might be a weird game, especially in a short week. You'll find out if it's a good one or not. Follow me on Twitter at MAUNFL. That's M-A-U-N-F-L. And I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you, guys.